Hi everyone, welcome to the Turn It Up Marriage Tips Podcast with your host, Kelly Dupay. This podcast is filled with easy to understand and easy to apply tips and tools so that you can have the lifelong marriage that you really want. I hope you're excited because today's episode is really going to help you. Here it is. Hey everybody, hope you're doing well today. What do you think the Bible means when it says love never fails? I'm sure you know people who were in love, got married, and then their love did fail and their marriage ended painfully. Perhaps that's you. And when you read those words in 1 Corinthians 13, you feel like a failure. Well, what is God trying to say to you? How can we possibly love the way God wants us to? Join me as we take a look at what love really is as found in 1 Corinthians 13. Welcome to the Turn It Up Marriage Tips and Tools Show. Hi, I'm Coach Kelly, pastor, police chaplain, marriage coach, and author of the book, Turn It Up, How to Have the Lifelong Marriage That You Really Want. Well, this is the final episode of a 15-part series called Love Is, looking at 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love chapter of the Bible. It ends with this, love never fails. So what do you think that means? To fail means that something is unsuccessful, quits working, or is broken beyond repair. And as I said earlier, you may wonder why God would say that love never fails, because your experience with love maybe has failed. Or at least, like me, you've been hurt in love before. I think all of us can admit to that. Well, as we look to apply this to our lives, our relationships, and certainly our marriages, we must first understand and remember that God is talking about His love. You see, the Apostle Paul, who wrote these words, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wrote them in his native language, which was Greek. And the Greek word for love that he used is the word agape. The word for love in Greek that he used is agape. Agape is unselfish, sacrificial, and godly kind of love. And in Greek, other words are used for love. There's the word eros, which means sexual love. That's where we get the word erotic from in English. And then phileo, which is brotherly love. That's what the city of Philadelphia is named after, phileo love. Well, when God says that love never fails, he's talking about his love. He is talking about agape love. You see this when you look at the whole passage on love in 1 Corinthians 13, which is verses 4 through 8. And by the way, let me remind you, I've created a recording for each one of these points um, that explains them in detail. But let's review them all. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 says that love is patient. What is patient? Just demonstrating endurance and understanding. It says that love is kind, showing compassion and gentleness. It does not envy, which is avoiding jealousy. It does not boast. It remains humble. It says love is not proud, which is rejecting arrogance or self-confidence. It also says it does not dishonor others which means we treat everyone, including our spouses, with respect. Love is not self-seeking. In other words, it prioritizes loving and caring for others over yourself. It is not easily angered. Oh man, this was a big one that we talked about. And when it's not easily angered, it means that you 
maintain a calmness in your confrontations with others. It keeps no record of wrongs, which means that love is forgiving and lets go of offenses. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And then it goes on to say that love always protects, which means that it safeguards and cares about the one that you love, and it protects your marriage and relationship. Then love always trusts, having faith in others and believing that we can develop a trusting relationship. It always hopes, the scripture says, which means that we believe that things can get better. And then it says that love always perseveres. Um, and perseverance, as I talked about, is simply just not quitting. It's abandoning the option to quit and staying with it even when things get tough. And then finally, it says that love never fails. And you may say, well, that's great. God's love never fails, but I'm not God. I can't do these things. I'm proud. Sometimes I'm boastful. I'm self-seeking, and certainly I'm not patient all the time. So what does God tell us about love, his love, agape love? Is it to make us feel bad, to just show us how great he is and how messed up we are? Well, no, I believe he tells us what love is to encourage us and to challenge us to grow. You see, here's what we need to remember. Being a follower of Jesus is all about growing closer in your relationship with him. And as we do, we become more like him. We take on his characteristics and we start doing things the way he would want us to. Where do we find this in scripture? Well, let me give you a few examples. In John 14, 15, Jesus said, that if you love me, you will obey my commands. Well, its focus there is on love, not so much on obedience because obedience then comes as a result of the love that you have for Jesus and the growing love that you can experience. Romans 12, says, um, 12 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Well, that's basically about growing in our relationship with God, which brings transformation. You see, when we read the Bible, when we spend time with God, we're not just getting information, but we're experiencing transformation as the Holy Spirit works in our lives. Then another great example of this is when you look at the gifts, I'm sorry, when you look at the fruit of the Spirit. And there's a list of the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 22 and 23, verse 23. Notice how many of these are the same as the list of attributes of love that are found in 1 Corinthians 13. Here's what it says. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, as we develop the fruit, okay, and I'm going to tell you how in just a second, okay, what happens is that these things become part of our character, part of our makeup, part of who we are, part of our personality. Now, does that mean we're perfect? Does that mean we express these things all the time? No, we still fail. We still have problems. We still have a sinful nature to contend with, but we have peace. We start showing more patience than we used to before. Why? Because God is doing a great work in our hearts. Think of it this way. An apple tree doesn't choose 
to bear apples. And he certainly, or the apple tree certainly doesn't work at bearing apples. It just happens as the tree grows. So as we grow in our relationship with God through Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit is going to grow in your life and in my life. We'll love in the same way, love for our spouse and our kids and our other loved ones will look more like the agape love of God as described in 1 Corinthians 13 as we grow in our relationship with Him. So if your marriage has failed, it's also important to realize that you're human. You're not God. Or if your marriage is struggling, realize that you're human, that you're not God, that you're not going to be able to do um, the things in 1 Corinthians 13 with um, perfection, that it's going to be a challenge for you, that only God can fulfill and do this in a perfect way. You are imperfect. You're broken, just like me. And we all have a sinful nature. And you know what that is. That's that part of us that causes us, when we get tempted, to do what we don't want to do or to not do what we do want to do. But as we grow in our relationship with God, those temptations, we can have the strength to say no to those temptations. And they don't have the same power that they used to. Even though you tried to give agape love to your spouse, you probably fell short at times and maybe still do, okay? But here's the key. Remember that you are or were married to an imperfect person who is also broken and has a sinful nature just like you do. And God has given us the gift of free will. Sometimes relationships and marriages fail because the other person chooses to walk away. You're not choosing to, which is an important thing. You need to be able to say that at the end, that I didn't walk away. But if they walk away from you, well, there's nothing really we can do about that except try to love them so that they don't with God's love, with agape love. You see, free will means that we hurt others with our choices and they hurt us and they walk away because of their choice. So give yourself some grace if your marriage has failed. But here's the thing. Recognize that 1 Corinthians 13 is not meant to condemn us, but to show us how to love and give it to give us the strength to do it as we grow closer to God. Well, I want to give you four easy steps quickly uh, as we wrap this up on how to grow closer to God and how to see the agape love of 1 Corinthians 13 activated in your life. Step one is this. Admit that you have failed or that you struggle with one of these attributes of love. Maybe it's patience or maybe it's keeping a record of wrongs or maybe it's pride or maybe it's trust. Okay, love all Always trust you're struggling with that. So surrender that to God and receive His grace and forgiveness. Step two is this. Focus on growing closer to God through Jesus. We do that through prayer, letting God speak to you as you read the Bible, participating in a good church, and serving others. Step three, pick one of these traits and learn more about it. There are 15 different traits in the verses and in these lessons um, that I've recorded for you. Review those recordings and look at other articles, videos, or podcasts about that topic. For example, if you struggle with trust, well, then focus on that. Or if you struggle with humility or pride or boastfulness, or um, if you struggle with patience, that's a big one. We all struggle with that one, right? Anyways, learn more about how to be more patient. What are some things that you can do? And then step four is choose to do things differently. 
For example, if you want to be more patient, learn what that looks like and start acting that way. With God's help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you'll start loving the way God wants you to, as shown to us in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And by the way, if you want some help activating this in your life, reach out to me um, or get help from someone else. I'm going to put my phone number in the show notes. And if you call, I promise I'll call you back. Or you can book a call with me, with me at my website, which is turnitup.coach. Hey, if you found this helpful or are watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and click the bell so that you'll be notified whenever I produce another episode of the Turn It Up Marriage Tips and Tools Show. Well, that's it for this episode and for this series on 1 Corinthians 13. So may God bless you. May God bless your marriage. And let's love the way God loves us and the way we can then take on some of those characteristics and love others in that same agape love because love never fails. Bye-bye for now. Hey everybody, it's Kelly and thank you for listening to this episode of my podcast. If there's anything else I can do for you, please reach out to me at my website, which is turnitup.coach. There you'll find lots of other free marriage and relationship resources. Also, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review this show so that I can let other people know about it as well. It really, really helps, and I would love to hear your thoughts and uh, see how you review it. So thank you very much in advance for following, rating, and reviewing this podcast. Lastly, I have a free Facebook group called Turn It Up, a group about relationships and marriage, and I'd love to have you join us. So look us up on Facebook and uh, apply to join us, and I'll be glad to accept you. Thanks for listening again. God bless you.